0: Welcome to the Yak Sports Podcast with Joe Deck and Leland McRae.
1: Joe, how about Joe Burrow? Is, I mean, is he the superior Joe here? I mean, my goodness, that guy's on a roll.
0: I mean, obviously not. Uh,
1: <laughs> but... Yeah. The legend I, of Joe
0: Burrow continues to climb. I said he was going to get killed by the Chiefs. It was going to be one of the biggest blots in playoff history. You said and he was going to lose to
1: Tennessee. You said he was going to lose yeah, I mean, like, I felt pretty good. Odds.
0: I felt pretty good at half uh, up until, like, that last play of the first half. Yeah. And I will be honest. Like, when that happened, I was like, man, I really hope that doesn't come back to be a factor in this game. But why would you run that play? Like,
1: <laughs> that play. I don't mind. I don't mind them taking like a quick shot to the end zone, maybe like a little three second, four second play, like a zip zip. And then you're out like throw it to Kelsey real quick. We already had the Kelsey touchdown I needed, but we could have had another that had been fine. Sure. Um, yeah. But throwing outside of the end zone, I just I mean, you don't even have a play call where anybody that you're legitimately going to throw to is outside of the end zone. Yeah. So
0: Yeah. I, I didn't think that was smart, but. Credit to the Bengals. They did what they had to. They made adjustments in the second half. They stopped blitzing Patrick Mahomes and put everybody back in coverage and kind of limited the Chiefs' offense.
1: And let him flail about back there.
0: I just – I don't understand at the end of regulation there what the Chiefs were doing either. And, again, for the second consecutive week, Tony Romo is just being generally stupid on live national TV and nobody says anything because, oh, we love Tony Romo. I I tell you what – Tom Brady potentially retiring, which we'll get to in a second. I hope Tom Brady does retire and takes his job, so I don't have to listen yeah. to Tony Romo anymore.
1: If that Tom Brady wants that is job. A he a a idiot.
0: The only yeah, thing idiot. he was good at was being able to predict what play was coming, but the further removed he gets from the league, the less likely he is to do that, and he just sounds dumb. He wanted to let the Kansas City Chiefs score a touchdown and potentially win the game in regulation.
1: When he was, I was saying, I was like,
0: "No, hold him to a field goal, and maybe you have a chance in overtime." What are you talking about? Let him in the end zone. They're not. A, it's not first and goal from the half yard line.
1: I was yelling about that. The one thing he did do that I appreciated was like low key self burn himself. Like some weird things can happen on these snaps yeah. at the end of the game. Like I liked that. I thought that I was like, "Do you, Tony?" And then like I mean, obviously he knew what he was saying, but it, I, I did appreciate that. Um, but uh, yeah, that's fine. That, that, you know, kind of combining top stories from the NFL. If Tom Brady wants to be the number one color commentator in the NFL, all he has to do is say, "Hey, CBS, get Tony out of there," and he's gone. Because yeah. I mean, that's how bad everybody. No, he'll wants. go to
0: ESPN without Michaels or something. But
1: I, I, don't know. I think ESPN might have burned that this this weekend. I don't <laughs> like. He, he might be mad with ESPN now. But um, no,
0: I'm saying Tony Romo would go to ESPN.
1: Oh, Tony could go to Al Michaels. Yeah, 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 yeah.
0: Um, no, Tom I Brady's not, like, yeah.
1: For as much as I am raised and grown as a Steelers fan to hate the Bengals, like there's a lot to like there. It's just the fact that they're the Bengals that I don't like, you know, it's just the fact that they're in our division and all of that. Like, I don't want to like them. I hate them. We've had some very ugly games, the Steelers in them, um, some ugly stuff, like the ugly parts of rivalries is usually what's with Cincinnati in that division. And uh, but man, like, I don't absolutely hate Burrow. I oh, don't I do. hate this run they're on. Um, the coach doesn't bother me. Uh, I, I just don't know. There's just – I'm having a problem, like, really diving into some hate for either one of these teams. I was trying to force it. Like, here's what I don't like about I'm Like, trying to make it more than it was. But I can't, like, figure out which one of these teams, the Rams being the other one, the Rams having to come back in that game to win that an incredible finish. Um, and, and, and it helped. My, my investments – that my games did the opposite. The comeback in the first game killed my investment and the in- comeback in the second game made my investment. So uh, I actually finished higher up on the second one anyway. So it, it really worked out. I, I won the one I'd rather win. So the Rams being in, like they've been, you know, sniffing around a Super Bowl. They were, they were in the Super Bowl one year and, and lost. And I, you know, it's not like they were right back on the doorstep of it these other years, but like they, they've been around. So like, are they due? Or is this the magic story of the Bengals just going from 2-14 and 14 or whatever it was the year before they drafted Burrow to where they're at now? It's just – it's a lot of good storylines.
0: Yeah, and here's the thing. I think this year, more than any other year that I can remember, and I know they said this is the lowest seed matchup in Super Bowl history. Um, It, it feels like that. I, I don't think either yeah. one uh, of these teams is the best team in the NFL. And so – for me, it's kind of a situation where I'm like, I don't know how the Bengals got here. And like, I don't like that. I don't like the Kansas City Royals winning a World Series. I don't like the, the Cincinnati Bengals. If they win the Super Bowl, I'm not going to be like, oh, good for them. No, because that team sucks. And I look at that roster and there's absolutely no way this should be happening.
1: Is there is there a parallel with this college football playoff where you want all these all these low conference winners to have a chance? Is there is there some kind of parallel I should be drawing mm, on here? There's a difference with that, um, <laughs> because Kansas City has got into this playoff and won the games, beat the one seed, beat the two seed, beat whatever other seed that team was. I just like they've they've earned their way. They've got into this playoff and. Yeah, they've uh, earned their way. I'm not bad
0: saying bad. kick I'm them out bad. of the Super Bowl. I'm just saying, like, I'm not rooting for it.
1: Yeah, I don't. I don't know. I like again.
0: And I don't just like, like Joe Burrow.
1: Playoff, whether I like how it's set up or not, I'm gonna watch this either way. So I, I don't know. I, there, I guess it helps that there's not one team I absolutely hate. Like there isn't the team I'm against. That's that's what I feel like the Super Bowl's been a lot of because Tom Brady's in a lot of them. There's always that one I'm rooting against, so I'm like rooting for the Giants, which is weird to me or something like that. But so I I don't mind that I'm kind of like struggling to figure out which team I'd rather win. Um, and you know I don't I don't mind that there's that little slash of positive that make makes me not just default hate the Bengals at the moment. I will I will get there. I just at the moment I'm just like I'm slow to it. No, I, I any other problem.
0: Run. The other problem I have is Joe Burrow. Like I think he makes up stories like. I, I think half the stuff he says, like "Oh yeah, well, you know, so and so said this right before he went out and made that kick," or "So and so said this right before he caught the game when he touched." it. I don't think half of that stuff happens. I think he's—I think he makes it up. And I don't like him because he's—he's he's just. I don't like this. Stuff up. Sure, but that's fine. Um, but Maybe I, I also
1: all well,
0: Joe Burrow's not Michael Jordan, so
1: not yet. <laughs> never
0: will be. Um, and the other thing I don't like is. I just don't like the, like, why are we the underdog kind of thing? Well, one, you weren't the underdog in the first round. You were the favorite against the Raiders, even though I still think the Raiders have a better roster than the Bengals. The Titans are better than you. You did beat them. The Chiefs are way better than you. So to go into that Chiefs game and be like, I'm tired of being the underdogs. Oh, well, then I don't know. Get a better offensive line. Have a better defense. Now, the defense made adjustments, and they did better in the second half. And the, here's the other thing I hate the Cincinnati Bengals killed any hope of the overtime rule being changed. So I'll never forgive them for that.
1: Uh, I I don't know. It, yeah. It's a, they did what I said needed to happen last week. That's why I didn't care about the overtime rules being forced to change a week ago is that their defense played football and then their offense was given the chance to play football. So I, yeah, I, I, I really don't have much to say to that because if it's going to change, it's going to change. If it's not, it's not, I don't, I really don't care. Um, I got to really pay attention better to the Rams game, especially the second half. And uh, I, I don't see how Garoppolo even got them to this spot. Like, no, I agree. I don't I agree. understand it. I'm watching it, and I don't understand it. And even when he had success in that game, I didn't understand it. And then the ending made sense to me. One comparison I struggled with yesterday it was like, I don't. People were taking shots at Garoppolo. And then they're like well why aren't we treating patrick mahomes the same well patrick mahomes has won a super bowl so like but i still saw plenty of slant on patrick mahomes like he was good in the first half terrible in the second half. like i saw plenty of that but also he has won a super bowl so they get treated different and like overall one has been an mvp and one is like defying the odds by them still winning despite his efforts. so like that's the difference guys like i i didn't understand those arguments um
0: well, but, I don't know how much you knew about the Jeff Garcia stuff from the week before, but I think that's what – I yeah. think it's people that don't like Mina Kimes and we're sticking up for Jeff Garcia, who deleted his Twitter today, um, which yeah. I think is hilarious. But
1: it, yeah, That's when you know you said something right is when you have to delete your own Twitter.
0: Well, he's, getting, he's deleting his Twitter because people are ripping him because Mina Kimes wasn't wrong when she said Jimmy Garoppolo in that win the week before against the Packers wasn't good. He wasn't. And he got mad. He's like, oh, what does Mina Kimes know? She's never thrown an NFL pass and blah, blah, blah. It's I was like, okay, Jeff. Like,
1: well, Neither has like a third of the people on ESPN talking about football. Maybe more. Like, I know they're quarterback heavy, but like Jeff Saturday talks about it. You know, you got plenty of other guys. I, I
0: think that is such a dumb argument that it's mostly athletes who are mediocre at best use when they're mad that people are calling them out for not being very good. I just you think it's ridiculous. You didn't play the game, yeah. Yeah, well, you didn't play the game. Like, cool. Well, I guess that makes something you and I have in common. I just know it, and you think you can, and you're not very good at it, Jeff Garcia. Like, I don't know. Jimmy Garoppolo, I'm not saying Jimmy Garoppolo is the worst quarterback in the league. He's an, he's an average quarterback. He is a game manager. Yeah. But the problem There's for him, even as a game manager, though, is he does dumb things. Like, at the end of the Rams game, Where he's being blitzed and he just throws it up up. and it gets picked off and you're like, what are you doing?
1: That was that was huge. I
0: loved it for a split second until the Rams guy had to be selfish and tackle his teammate instead of letting him. I need Garoppolo
1: not to go over 269. I needed the pick six. I needed the Rams Rams to to cover.
0: I needed the Rams to cover.
1: I didn't need that. I I can't. I get so nervous about line bets. I I just always do money line. I I just I just need wins. Um. I don't know. the being a calm stuff, that dominated a lot of talk last week. I I, I personally I have no issue with women covering any sports, period. She's also really good at it. Like, that's the other rule. thing that's she's,
0: weird. She's very
1: good. I've never had a problem with her. I also struggle with these guys that are like, well, she's never played the sport. Well, what do you say to the, like, you know, the women covering basketball when you tear them apart? What are you saying there? Because they played basketball. So, like, what, what do we talk about that? So, like, I mean, the guys that have the problem are going to have a problem. It doesn't matter what their excuse is. They're just, they're backwards. And I loved everybody, you know, Mina Cops didn't need everybody coming to her defense, but I loved everybody coming to her defense and just saying, and and like have a problem with it. It doesn't matter. They're still going to be covering sports. So just, I don't know. I just, I have no absolute problem with it whatsoever. Um, whether guy or gal, if they're not good at their job, I don't like it. And when they're good at their job, I like it. So yeah. and, I'll tell yeah. you as I'm easy on commentators because I know how tough it is to call doesn't matter high school football in Virginia, that I'm easy on commentators. But 90% of my comments are about guy commentators. When I have something negative to say, it's not about the women. And if it's, if it is about the women, it's because they're not doing a good job. And if it's about the men, it's because they're not doing a good job. And 90% of my comments about the men, because if you're a woman in that role, you, you're good. You've earned it. Like you're, you're overcoming the obstacles of being in that spot. So you're good. So yeah, just maybe take a second and listen to what they're saying because, honestly, they've gone through a harder route to get to where they're at. Um, so just, I don't know. I don't know. We need to have more women on our show just to prove the point, uh, you know? Well, we're working on it, but... Um... No more no, Patrick Hyde. Let's get his <laughs> wife on here. Let's go. We're working on
0: it, but um, it's... <laughs> I agree, and I, I just think – I thought it was weird when Jeff Garcia tweeted that, like, who the hell is Mina Kimes? I was like, uh, you know what's hilarious is most of the people reading this are going to be like, who the hell is Jeff Garcia? And they're going to be serious Seriously. because I know Seriously. who Jeff Garcia is because I watched the NFL when I was a kid. Most I didn't people know he was on don't. NFL Network. <laughs> well, he probably won't be for long. But <laughs> I didn't
1: know he was on TV when they're like, he said all this. I was like, man, he really packed a punch and is like – you know, one shot a year to have a radio interview. And it's like, oh, no, he's on NFL this morning or whatever. I was like, no idea. I watch Rena Cotton's Weekly, no idea what he's doing.
0: Yeah. And so that was weird. And Jimmy Garoppolo, I think the 49ers are going to make a change at quarterback because they know their yeah. defense is a Super Bowl winning defense. And they, they just, the and they have good players. That's the other thing. He has weapons. He just can't <laughs> get it to him. Like, they just need a better quarterback. And they found out Trey Lance isn't the answer, which, stunner. But, yeah, they're, they're going to go find somebody. Hopefully not in the draft this year is not their plan, because I don't know if that exists.
1: No, they're going to give Trey Lance a better shot. Trey Lance is not going to succeed. Okay, but they're going to give him the shot. They, they have too much equity built in him. They're going to give him the shot.
0: Leland, he couldn't outplay Jimmy Garoppolo this year.
1: They're going to give him the shot. Just spoiler okay, alert. Well, they're spoiler alert, they're the not shot. going to the playoffs next year.
0: Like, okay. if Trey Lance is their quarterback next year, they ain't in the playoffs.
1: I Mr. think they're going to go Rogers. after Aaron Rodgers. The Bay Area.
0: I think they're going to go after Aaron Rodgers, but. Yeah. Um,
1: so Tom Brady retiring. Maybe. I don't care about the drama if he isn't or is he, I'm glad he's out of the way. <laughs> that's, that's my number one. I just, Hey, I absolutely don't like him. Don't want him to win all, all that that you expect from me. But I, res- it's because I respect how good he is. Like I know how good he is. As long as he's in this league, I am. I figure he's in my way of my team winning a Super Bowl. Whether he's in the AFC or NFC, he's in my way. That's how good he is. He's he's the best quarterback of all time. I'm struggling with the Twitter things that say he's like they have the best athletes of all time, and I'm like, okay, like the word athlete I don't love here because he's not like he's not the best athlete on his offense, like. Agreed. He's a very great player at NFL, at quarterbacking. Um, the athleticism is the word I had struggled with there. So, you know, player of sports, I'm great. Yeah, he's he's right up there. You know, put him on Mount Rushmore, you know, top of the NFL, fine. But yeah, athlete, like, that's the argument I feel like people make about LeBron James and Michael Jordan. They're like, oh, well, LeBron James is the better athlete. And it's like, that's where I do, like, tend to hesitate. Because, like, LeBron is such a multi-use athlete, you know, but – Michael Jordan's a better basketball player. So uh, (laughs) uh, Tom Brady is the better football player, but there's plenty of people that are better athletes on the football field at the same time as he's just smarter on how to use the weapons that he has to beat all these guys all the time. Superiorly smarter and, and, and optimized everything that he can do. I mean, that's, that's the credit I really do give him is that he optimized what he had. I mean, he was, fell into an opportunity and took full advantage of it all the way in the NFL because he easily could have sat behind Drew Bledsoe another couple of years and, and in a, a much different story in, in New England. But as soon as he got in there, he took advantage, and then he did everything he could to hold on to that and get better and earn everything. And I I, I think he's a great role model for kids. I just – he always made my Steelers not win a Super Bowl, so I, I don't like him for that. Uh Sometimes the Steelers did it to themselves. All, them Yeah. <laughs> but, like, I like Peyton Manning a lot, and he was in the way of I don't of know Peyton about Manning. the whole cheating so, thing. I
0: don't, I don't know if that makes him a great role model for kids, but.
1: Like, which. <sighs> either okay, or. I, the video thing ain't on him. The, the, the flake gate's not great. I don't think either one looks good on him. Sure. The video thing's a whole team operation. I mean, that's, I mean, that's... He's part of it. Yeah, but it's not like he's orchestrating the deflate gate. He probably did. He's like, I want the footballs a little less, you know, like, I, yeah. But... But, I mean, all these athletes are running on the edge of rules on a lot of stuff. Sure. I mean, you're not testing the boundaries to gain an advantage, then you're not trying. So, like, if he's lost somewhere in that area, okay. But, like, so many other things. I think, to my point, I think... You know, the hard work ethic, the taking care of yourself off the field. You don't hear a lot of stuff about him off the field, negative. Um, you know, like, a lot of that is stuff for, for guys in that industry to look up to and 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 earn what they're making. You know, I Tom Brady makes a lot of money, and I, I, it makes sense. You know, like, he's, he's optimized what he can do. He puts a lot of effort into that. And so, good for him. He Get does. it out of here.
0: And he's winning. I, and a- I'll say this. The fact that him – and his camp have been saying we haven't made a decision yet, but ESPN keeps sticking to that story. Somebody's lying. So the question is, is, is it ESPN or is it Tom Brady?
1: If he wasn't going to retire, he would just say, I'm not retiring. And even tonight on his radio, he's like, well, I'm still going through the decision-making process. He still didn't say I'm not retiring. He just still said he's in the process. Like, even when he's given the opportunity, he has a radio show on Monday nights. He has the opportunity. He has the platform to say, I'm not retiring. This thing's full of it. He didn't say that. So he's retiring. He's just going to do it at his time. And we get to relive Tom Brady's retiring. Oh, my goodness. Let's talk about him all day, Saturday, someday in the future. So.
0: I don't know. We'll see what happens. I don't I will. know. I will not take part. <laughs> I, part of me wants him to come back just to make some people there look
1: really foolish. Yeah, I, I don't want that. Again, I want him out of my way.
0: I don't think he's going to win a Super Bowl again.
1: So you know terribly who I do want in my way is Tyler Nickel. I want him... Like I am so looking forward to seeing what he can do at the next level. He put 54 up against Central Woodstock who I think TGX was defending him at one point on Twitter this week or last week with saying like people were bashing the competition. T- Central Woodstock's one of the top teams in that region. So... If Tyler Nickel put 54 on him, I'm impressed. Like, I don't I don't need to understand. Yeah, he's not playing a class 16. Sure. He never is. UNC still UNC recruits guys every year. They still think he's good enough to come play for them. So I am just anxious to see what he can do at the next level. Do I think he's scoring 54 next year as a freshman at UNC? No, I don't. I think he's gonna have a more realistic college uh career there. But I'm looking forward to seeing what he can do at the next level because. I, he's just playing with people at this point. I mean, he needed to average what, like, thirty points a game uh, this year. Maybe I think less than that to break the scoring record. He's well on his way to be that. He's been doing that. He's he's putting up thirty plus every night. He has these nights where he puts up forty plus, plus. Um, fifty four last week against Central Woodstock. I think he had forty four tonight. I can't remember what I read an hour ago uh, on Monday night. He put up forty some like. He's it's so awesome. I'm I'm so thankful we've got to cover him on radio and have had that experience because he's a special player in this area. And, you know, you can count on probably one hand, maybe two of like the guys you can really remember being special from this area and going to D one to play. And he's, he's right up there with them. And I, and I'm so excited to see what he can do.
0: Yeah. And look, I think you bring up a good point there and the fact that he scored 54, that's amazing no matter who he's playing. And central central's Central's not a bad team. Yeah. Central's not a bad team. So yeah. I, I think you're right. I think they're going to play central again in the region championship. And central going to central has a bar now. Keep him under 54, I guess. Um, but
1: yeah, he's not playing other D1 players. <laughs> he was going for that. Yeah.
0: He's not playing other D1 players. And, and maybe I think, I don't know. I didn't see it on Twitter who he was getting into it with. So I don't know what school I they didn't call big
1: for it. Or, I just saw the defending,
0: right. What school they call home. Or what school they call their own, but you and I called a couple D one players in this Stanton area. I don't remember them scoring fifty
1: four. No, that's the most points I can remember.
0: So Tyler Crawford,
1: Darius, yeah, Jarvis. But
0: I didn't. Uh, now they were dominant, but yeah. they didn't score fifty four. And, yeah, and that's they had the difference.
1: Thirty some points. You're like, oh, what a night.
0: Yeah, yeah and that's the difference. And yes, maybe Tyler Nickel needs to be a little bit more. For that East Rock team, but and that's why he scores fifty four. But it's also because he has the ability to do that. And as you said, North Carolina. I don't know how much time he's going to play at North Carolina. I don't know, but no, I know he's good enough lady. to get there. So yeah. that's an accomplishment. That's a big deal for this area. And if he does go on to break the state scoring record, that's a huge deal. He's breaking yes. it from Mac McClung, who you and I saw against uh, Stanton High Played School. It. Yeah, in the state championship game. Which is amazing because that record had stood since Allen Iverson was in high school. Mac McClung breaks it. And now, in a few short years, we're talking about Tyler Nickel going and breaking it. So, Mac McClung is a player who is bouncing around the NBA and the NBA G League right now versus Tyler Nickel. Like, that's who we're talking about. That's the kind of player he is going up against in terms of the numbers and comparable numbers that he's putting up. So, when people are, if there's people trying to discount what he's doing, I that's
1: also they only make themselves look foolish and he's been on the AU circuit and doing well and getting garnering attention from what he does there. And that's all people trying to play at the next level. Like, I mean, he's only playing against kids playing at the next level or shooting for that. And sure. so, yeah, I just not. Nah. And, and honestly, I, I think it's great. Every class six team is playing teams, you know, yeah. like all every other division one prospect is playing a team with another division one prospect every night. No.
0: No, nope. I think this nope. is another great example, and I hope. I, I, I understand why some kids go to other, like, academies, and I'm not going to be the guy who gets on here and poo-poos people who do what they think is best for them and their future in terms of sports. But Tyler Nickel got recruited by North Carolina, and he didn't leave his hometown or his high school in East Rock to do that. So I think it's an example of if you're good enough, schools will find you. Like, right. you don't have to go to Oak Hill or – wherever, to to make it D1. Now, can it help you if you're a fringe person? Sure. But if you're good enough, they'll come find you. Tyler Nichol had every Power 5 program knocking on his door, and he never left East Rock to do it.
1: Yeah. Yeah, um, all, ACC schools to choose from and more. So, yeah, mm-hmm. just so good. So the rest of the high school basketball, I think – You know, it was kind of a dud at the end of the week last week, everything getting canceled. There was some good matchups Friday that got rescheduled. So I think my focus is just this next week, Tuesday night, Buffalo gap at Wilson in the boys. The girls is Wilson at gap. Both of those game monsters for the high school basketball. Um, So I'm really interested to see how those go. Uh, It's the top of the boys and then just below the top on the girls uh, matchup. So I I like both of those matchups and then they're going to do it again next Monday. So, Probably by the next time you hear our podcast again, they'll play twice and we will really have the story of what this regular season Shenandoah district is going to be, particularly for the boys, because we're talking about the top of it here. The two teams that have separated themselves. You got the Bowers kid who's averaging 20 points a game. Uh, They also have the Canterbury kid that helps out a whole lot. And then you got Wilson's Finn, Irving. Uh, I watched them last week play against Stanton and, you know, he's just... He's that guy that's just where he needs to be to score points. He gets the rebounds. He gets the steals. He just does what it takes and and finishes at the basket. In a game last week against Stanton where finishing at the basket was a premium, kind of on both sides, but particularly for Stanton, there's Finn Irving. Basically, every time he's shooting it, he's, he's putting it in. Uh, he averages about 20 points a game. They also have the Johnson kid that does a good job for him, averaging like 12 points a game. So yeah, I, I'm interested to see these matchups. Um, I, I think both – Wilson and Gap on the boys' side are, are very good team games. I, I, as much as we talk about Finn Irving, as much as we talk about Bowers, I think those guys are going to kind of do their thing, but they're going to need the teams to help them out. And really, whoever has the better team that night is going to win the game. It's not just going to be a star that wins There's no Tyler Nickel on that court that night right. that's just going to go out for 60. So I really am interested to, to watch that game. I got, uh, you know, I got a coach up the black team at practice on Tuesday night um, but I'm going to be rushing home to try to catch as much of that game uh, this week and next Monday because I'm, I'm really pumped about those matchups.
0: Yeah, I think that's going to be a, a big matchup. And I know they still have to play again um, after this first one. But both teams yeah. being 5-0 and oh in the district, this is a great way to put yourself in the driver's seat. And so right. it, it's going to be a huge game. And I'm, I like you, I think I'm very interested to see who comes out on top there.
1: Uh, so far, I mean, Gap's answering the challenges. I mean, they beat Stanton sure. twice, who's kind of sitting in that third spot. They beat everybody. They beat everybody they play in the district. So they've answered all the challenges. We knew this was going to be a big challenge from the beginning of the season. We were disappointed when the first meeting got postponed. So I, I just I think the anticipation is good. They've, like I said, they both have really separated themselves from the rest of the district. Stanton, you know, they had a terrible week last week. They lost the three games that they played, two of them in the district. Um so, well, and that yeah, was I, the
0: kind of, we talked about it. This, this yeah. was the week Stanton, if they were going to be a player for the one seed going into the district tournament, it was going to happen this week. And they lost to both Wilson and gap puts them way behind. And, and then you lose a game against Fluvana, which is a potential, you know, region tournament opponent. If you were to get there, doesn't look like that's going to happen this year for Stanton. Um, but
1: yeah, the, the you know the even the 500 record has dropped out. I mean, they're six and nine now. Like yeah, that's not a not a good indicator. Now, the good thing for Stanton is they only have one game this week, and and of all the rescheduling has to happen, they only have one game this week. Then they just got to get ready because then they pack it. Every team has a bunch of games that last uh, sure. week and a half, but they Stanton has the most that last week and a half. So they need to use this week well. They need to have a good effort against Riverheads, a team they lost to last time they played. And then really use those couple of days off to just get things right, understand who they are, and be be ready for this final stretch to give themselves a chance to have some optimism going into the region tournament.
0: Yeah, I'm with you there, and uh, I do want so to. They're going to see something hard early. It's going to be tough. Yeah, I want to give a shout out to Waynesboro. They've been on a little bit of a run here. They've won a second game in what two, three weeks. Yeah. So I mean, it's yeah. but I'm, I'm you know you're, oh, you're I'm right. just trying to say like they were really not a great start. And now they've kind of won two games in a, in a few weeks, so you can see the signs of improvement. That's what when we're when teams are struggling, that's what we say we want to see. We want to see improvement from the beginning of the year to the end of the year. You're seeing and that it's with his first
1: year. It is his first year, yeah, yeah. So I, you know, I'm disappointed. I, I knew Riverheads wasn't going to be a top of the district, and I liked the win against Stanton. I was hoping it was going to propel them. It didn't. They had a bad week last week. They've lost both their games to Fort, who's his. You know, the only positives they've had for this month has been against Riverheads. Uh, so, I've been disappointed with that. They still have games ahead of them that I, I think they can win. I'm just less optimistic they'll take full advantage of that. Uh, you know, beat Stanton twice he'll, can be the start of it, and that's Tuesday night. But, yeah, you still have another game against Gap. You have another game against Wilson. You have those two against Waynesboro. That, that's probably the brighter spot there. So, they have their opportunities, but I, I'm less optimistic about them, you know, win in the majority of those i think they're probably destined to win maybe half of them
0: yeah no i agree that's my homer talk
1: for the episode <laughs> uh
0: on the girls side fort defiance continues to just be a class above everyone else in the shandoah district and they will be i mean I'd, it would be a shock if they don't win at this point the
1: shandoah district uh just i love what people they're been, on a roll yeah and i love what people have been saying about that style really fitting. The uh, the girls' game, especially in this area, well. So I'm I'm interested to see how that does. Well, they
0: have a leading score in the district in the I
1: mean, yeah. So yeah, so far it's being proven true. I mean, the ransom girl who was already good, and you know she's averaging 20 now. I have to think that's like more than she's been averaging. But you know, you get the whole roster on the on the score and sheet with that offense, and it, I do think that works because they're just not going to come up against you know six five, six six girls, and uh, so that style can really run teams ragged. Yep. All right, um, wrestling's wrapping up. I really plan on next week talking a good deal about wrestling. Um, it's just hard to find information about wrestling on uh, uh, during the regular season here. But here in the postseason, they have all these tournament brackets posted online at one site, and uh, we can really dig into that. Uh, Riverheads, uh, it sounds like they won the regular season district. I don't know the whole standings, um, but, you know, they had to – Go through Wilson, who's always good, too. So I'm interested. Those are the two top teams. I'm really looking to see what they do with these region tournaments coming up. Um, So we're looking forward to that. So next week, a lot of wrestling talk uh, one way or the other. Um, Did we watch any – yeah, we watched a little bit of basketball Saturday, didn't we? We had a a marathon going. We did. We
0: had basketball parade, really. Uh, We saw Virginia Tech beat Florida State, which – I watched it happen. I still don't know how it happened, um, but <laughs>
1: to find out, you had one. You had two different guys at the game of their at the halves of their lives. Yeah, and uh, we got it in the same game. So that's how we win that one.
0: And then you watch. Then we watched a lot of SEC versus Big Twelve, which I mean, those are the two best basketball conferences. So I thought that was interesting the way that played out. It was not a good day to be the favorite, though. Uh, the, I think the favorites. No took a took Baylor a beating Kansas went, yeah. Bayling, Baylor and Kansas took a beating uh Texas uh they them and Tennessee Escape. had a very very close game yeah Texas escapes on what might have been a pretty weak foul call at the end um <laughs> and then uh, there's just a lot of great basketball and so I, I was very happy to sit there and watch the basketball and, and enjoy that wait, wait little March
1: madness preview at the three TV set up. So, uh, yeah, it was good. We needed, we needed visitor and we needed, uh, multiple TVs. So it, we really made it work. Uh, I'm excited that tech won that game because that's a game that you don't circle as a victory considering Virginia tech hadn't won there since 1990. Uh, so it had been a long time, uh, since they had gone down to Florida state and won a basketball game. And then they go into the stretch here against Georgia tech at Pitt, home against Pitt that, are winnable games, um, very winnable games. They're below the, them in the ACC standing. So obviously um, you'd say they have a chance. Um, so I'm hoping Tech can make this little bit of run. What, what does that do for them? I, you know, again, my my optimism Man, here is get them off playing the first day of the ACC tournament. I, I want them out of out of Tuesday. That's all I really care about. Um, because, yeah, you're not jumping up to the top and you're not going to get enough momentum that makes you think you have a legitimate shot of winning the ACC. We, we don't have it this year. But I'll take whatever positive we can to, to build off of that and, you know, maybe secure the NIT spot instead of being a bubble team in the NIT. I
0: was going to say, it feels like a bubble team in the NIT. And I don't
1: think they're going to win
0: out. Like, I don't... Not going
1: to win out? No, my goodness, no.
0: No, I'm saying next week, I don't think. Georgia Tech, Pitt, pit. I think one of those games is a loss, at least. I just... This team's not consistent enough. They live and die by the three, and they're not good enough at it to be... A team that can count on it night in, night out.
1: So, at Pitt would probably be that game that I would concede the quickest, but uh, I don't want to. So, hopefully, they can get them. UVA lost that game Saturday against Notre Dame. Uh, then, Notre Dame lost to Duke Monday night. As it, you know, UVA has Miami and Duke this week. They, they have say BC uh, should be a on win. Tuesday, yeah. and then before we record again, they'll have played Miami and Duke on back to back games. They won't win either um, of those. Yeah, I, I don't I don't understand how they're going to beat them because Duke's playing great defense. And that's against an offense from UVA that's not great. And so, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't see it. It's not a good year
0: for uh, in-state schools, really, uh, outside of VCU. Uh, they're playing pretty well. But outside of that, yeah. I mean, Virginia mean, schools Jamie's are not, not gonna, good.
1: Jamie's not going to get that at They have fallen bid.
0: apart. They're not going to get an at-large bid. Uh, they never were. But, yeah, they're definitely not going to get one now.
1: They've lost four or five.
0: Yeah, they're falling apart in the CAA, which, again, as I said, for Coach Byington, in a year you probably weren't going to make the tournament anyway, great excuse. Well, we didn't have anything to play for. Once we started losing games the kids, you know, we just didn't have anything to play for, and so it's hard to get kids motivated knowing that no matter how good we do, it doesn't matter.
1: We're ready for the Sunday. Did you see that tweet from Shane talking about, JMU is going to, I think it's more football centric here, but JMU is going to make an announcement about 2020, tw- 22 football later in the week. Like the, the, what's that a schedule? I mean, that's, that's the only announcement you can really make, right?
0: Yeah. It's a football schedule announcement.
1: Um, I don't know why they wouldn't frame it as a schedule then. I, I think they're going to play a lot of Sunbelt teams, which is great. That's better than I thought it could be for them. But uh, yeah, I mean, that's, that's all the announcement's going to be is a schedule, right?
0: Yeah, and if it's if they're able to find that fifth at home game, FBS home game, then it's then the announcement is we're playing an FBS schedule, and yeah, so we're an FBS still not team. eligible.
1: Yeah, but we're so you, an
0: FBS team next year. It would be the announcement. Yeah. Okay. Not eligible for a bowl game, but it is a big deal in terms of moving that timeline up. So, um, and then oh, JMU cool. is going to move their other sports a year early. So,
1: I thought the rest of them were going already anyway.
0: Well, I think.
1: I thought next fall, all of them were playing Sun belt except football.
0: Well, that's the announcement now after the CAA decided not to let JMU in the conference tournaments.
1: But. Yeah, I thought, I mean, I, I guess that has been sitting there. How's your uh, VCU women?
0: Uh, they did lose to St. Louis um, at home last Wednesday. They were supposed to play Rhode Island on Sunday, but with the winter storm up northeast being a lot worse than it was down here, that got uh, moved. Uh, or postponed. I haven't seen an announcement if they've rescheduled it yet. Big matchup at Richmond on Wednesday. Then they play at LaSalle on Friday. It's another big game before Sunday is the home game against George Washington.
1: Ooh, I like those home games
0: the best. Yeah, the three home games they have left um, now, there's three left. Um, George Washington is going to be one that really they got to win. And uh, VCU, they want to be in that. You want to be no worse than the middle of the A-10 going into that A-10 tournament. You don't want to be a lower seed and have to have a tough draw in that first round. So hoping the VCU women can uh, get some wins here. Richmond's going to be a big rivalry game. Um, It is no matter what the sport is. And uh, we saw, actually that was one of the games we watched this weekend was the VCU men beat Richmond uh, Mm -hmm. at Richmond. So it was a big win for the, the VCU men. Hoping the VCU women can catch fire here down the stretch.
1: I compare VCU women and their COVID, uh, time off and Virginia Tech like men with their COVID time off is just hitting at the just the wrong time just right where you want to be maybe getting some momentum and get going um they, they both had their times off and uh, I think VCU was maybe like a week later but still like it, it just seemed to really disrupt them in the worst way where some of these other teams kind of had their COVID runs like in early December and it seems like they were back ready for conference action ready to go and I think I think it just kind of was a bump for both those teams so yeah i I'm hopeful your Vcu women can can be in a position to make that run uh, in that conference tournament because I mean they won it last year and so you got a lot of you know yeah they were a four seed last year mm-hmm.
0: yeah. they were a four seed last year and won the conference tournament so it's not impossible no they can do it yeah um, it's just about getting hot at the right time and that's that's basketball really is getting hot at the right time and playing well and you know I yeah the the covid break for them was mid-December and i think it when they started it was like right at the beginning of conference play they were getting back i thought it was late i thought it was
1: behind but maybe that was just their coach
0: yeah yeah coach O'Boyle did um have covid and miss miss a game and um is recovering now and she's back coaching and still battling with some complications but she's doing pretty well health-wise but um hoping yeah like i said hoping vcu women uh turn it around here and get hot at the right time and rattle off some wins and see if they can get back to that A10 championship game and make
1: some noise. But the, one, the other women's team is Virginia Tech. They're having a great year. They are. Um they're not ranked right now, but they're kind of in that conversation of should they be ranked, That's which is Kenny Brooks. very valid I mean, he's a really.
0: Yeah, he's really good.
1: But they're in a position where they they could get, you know, if they keep on this way through the season they will be ranked and then, you know, see what they can do in the tournament, but like there is talk of them being a high enough seed to host some games the first weekend of the women's tournament, which I that would be cool. They did that when I was at Virginia Tech, and it was really cool to have that on campus. It, it might be a little tougher for them to get there this year, but that that's cool that that's even a topic, that that's even a possibility out there. So whether they make it or not to that spot, it looks like they're going to be in a good position to be in the tournament, which I'm really excited about. Kenny Brooks, I mean, just, you know, hometown, you know, from Waynesboro, uh, played for JMU, had coached at JMU for a long time on the women's side. So... Uh, always root for them and then of course being a hokey, it's that's more Homer talk for me but um yeah so I'm I've been rooting them on and paying a lot of attention to them um so that I, I need to include them in our list here because uh they've been having a great year so yeah. I hope they can con- continue to do that he's done a great job at Virginia Tech I know not necessarily as consistent as he's been at JMU but that program really had dipped down before he got there and he's he's had those bright shines of awesomeness they had I mean I think it was his first year they went on an incredible run and then kind of had a run on the other side, but he's shown what that program can do. And I think this year is kind of the first put together here. Look, look at what we really can do here. And uh, so I'm, I'm really excited about all that.
0: The Olympics are coming up, which you are may you or may so not know
1: excited about the Olympics. I
0: am. I, I always get excited about the Olympics. So, Did you know, they
1: start this Friday. Yeah.
0: <laughs> um, I actually <laughs> have it. I actually Barely, have it yeah. circled as like, Oh good. The Olympics are starting Friday. And, uh, <laughs> So, in between watching the VCU women, I can also watch some of the Olympics. Um, so the
1: betting for the Olympics? How does this work? I mean, uh, they just have this number one, so how, how's this going?
0: Yeah, it's hard. Um, <laughs> because I just don't... I You know, it's a lot of athletes I don't know anything about, so it's no, like... I want
1: spreads on curling action here.
0: It, you just look and see what the odds are <laughs> and are like, ah, is one of them the American? Is it close? Okay. <laughs> and then you try to watch... Like, some of them that have, like, the the play up to the medal games, you can kind of watch a little bit and be like, okay, well, I know that team a little bit and I know they're better than that team. Or I think they're better than that team and invest accordingly. But yeah, I, I'm excited. I know there's COVID and there's all kinds of stuff with China going on too. And none of that's great, uh, but I'll watch the Olympics. Um, I'll watch team USA try to win gold medals and, See what happens. Um, It's a bummer that no NHL players are there. That would make the hockey investments a little bit easier and more exciting to watch the games. But uh, after having to shut the season down uh, due to COVID, the NHL is using the Olympics to kind of reschedule
1: a lot of those games. So they had a big issue with like uh, testing, you, you know, Vaccinations aside, uh, the testing process, the quarantine process, going in and coming out—that's that was kind of like the main push of them not going, as from what I understood, was the a lot of uncertainty with testing and, and timelines.
0: That is
1: then a face lie, because that is not what happened. Um, happen then.
0: What happened was they had a bunch of games get canceled, and. They wanted to make up those games, so they saw the break that they had in the schedule for the Olympics and said, great, you're not going to the Olympics now. You're going to stay here and do this. Um, They've changed all the testing rules since then, too. So part of conspiracy theory, Joe, says they didn't want the players to go to the Olympics to begin with. So deciding, like, right before Christmas, like, let's just shut the thing down for two weeks, oh, does that mean you can't go to the Olympics anymore? Oh gosh, shucks. Uh, I guess we'll just schedule the we'll we'll have to reschedule these games then, I guess. And um then they're like, "You know what? We need really need to not be losing games. So, unless you're going to or from Canada, we won't test you uh because you've been vaccinated. So, if you're not showing any symptoms, don't worry about it, and we'll just play on." So, yeah. I don't think the the NHL owners didn't want them playing in the Olympics. So I think this is just convenient for the NFA or the NHL owners.
1: What sport then are you most excited about?
0: I get most excited about the short track speed skating. I love that. It is pure chaos. It is so quick. It's so fun to watch. And that is a sport where even the favorites, you just never know because somebody might collide with another skate and go flying out. And then you're like, oh my gosh, did that person just get knocked out in one of these heats? And they're like, no, we're going to put him through because that guy did something illegal and hit him and knocked him out of the way. Or the favorite was trying to get inside, try force their way in, and they knocked somebody else, so they're disqualified and they're out here. Just pure chaos on
1: ice. I love it. It is fun to watch a sport that has like three foot wide pads around the playing surface. Cause you know, there's going to be a monster crash and you have to protect people from the monster crash. I mean, that, that is a fun one to watch. Similarly, there's this crazy snowboard race where they just get like eight people across and there's jumps and everything and a course, and it's pretty tight and they just send them all down the hill at the same time. Get to that line first. And mm-hmm. people are bashing into each other mostly you know on accident you know like they're all trying to finish they're not like just taking themselves out to take people out but like it happens constantly down the hill and usually it's like the third place finisher who gets to advance is like 15 seconds back because he's the guy that stood up found out where he was and then started sliding back down the hill again like it's great like you you just mass casualty uh not actual casualty but just mass problem race where like people are not even finishing it uh, because they're still laying up the hill. That one's always a fun one to watch. And then my wife, she gets really into the curling. I get somewhat into it uh, along with her, but she already has the schedule printed out laying in front of the TV of when uh, USA Network is showing curling starting Wednesday ahead of the Friday opening ceremony. Oh, wow. She's ready to go. She is ready to go. She has, I think Wednesday night at seven o'clock, they show a taped USA match and then at eight o'clock they show a live USA match, so back to back results on curlers. I will say this. Me. Why do we have the worst curlers in the world?
0: Like why can we not find people better at this than what I we have? have? The worst ones? Our team never medals. If you don't meddle to me, you're the worst. Like we're if the United States. Have we have the class. money we have the money <laughs> to invest. We should be meddling in everything.
1: Um, but I we were decent. I thought we had a good rivalry with like canada and stuff we have a rival with
0: canada because they're canada
1: but i thought we beat them some i don't know i don't think canada medals either
0: the crazy snowboard race going back to that while you take a look at what you're doing
1: bronze in 2006
0: do you know how long ago 2006 was
1: 2018 most recently the 2018 winter Olympics. skip john schuster team won the gold medal what? We won a gold <laughs> in 2018. I don't remember that.
0: How <laughs> I don't remember that. Well, this Alabama team is crap. <laughs> <laughs> they're terrible. They haven't won a national championship in like two years. Um, but
1: we have to go all the way back to 2018 for them to have won a medal. Oh my goodness! <laughs>
0: uh, but I will say the crazy snowboard race. Passion. I do. I do enjoy.
1: Take by Joe Deck. <laughs> it
0: is. Um, but <laughs> I do enjoy the, the snowboard race. That's the only snowboarding I like though. I don't like the half pipe stuff. I'm not into that. No, no. I'm not into, I appreciate the figure skating, but my problem with the figure skating is the same problem I have with the snowboard stuff. Anything that's judged. I have a problem with
1: that tough. Yeah. And if no one's beaten the other one with a lead pipe, like it does make it less interesting.
0: Wow. I want to talk about
1: figure skating here. I yeah, wasn't I, I
0: didn't, you didn't have skating. to go to the I'm Tanya Harding aspect, but.
1: Hey, we, our first episode, I think I, we had Tanya Harding reference. So we, we got to bring it home here. I just. This might be our Maybe this is the last episode. Mm,
0: it might be. <laughs> um, yeah,
1: we're but, not done yet. We might earn this to be in the last episode by the time we're done.
0: Speaking of the U.S. and Canada rivalries, uh, U.S. soccer played Canada. And what I know that you need to know is. That didn't go well. Um, We lost 2-0 to Canada. And then what was even more troubling for me was the U.S. coach saying, well, the result wasn't what you wanted, but I thought we dominated that match. And I really like how the team played. I just don't like the result. Which is a pretty bold take for a game where we barely outshot Canada in terms of shots on goal, um, we did not look the better team. He said we dominated 50-50 balls. Canada actually, it was 50-50 in that percentage um, on 50-50 balls, according to the stats. And actually, Canada had the higher, like, 50.7%. So um, I think he has to go. I don't think he is capable of leading this team. And the dangerous part for Team USA, that they need to get right. It's too late to fire him now, probably, going into the World Cup, since it's in, like, a few months. But
1: it's fall, isn't it? Isn't this, the, mm-hmm. isn't this the one that's, like, in the middle of the football season?
0: Yep. So yeah. what you have to do is just understand, as soon as this World Cup is over, he's got to go. Because this generation that you have, you cannot mess up. This is the best crop of U.S. players we have had in a very long time. We have talent. We should not lose to Canada. We should be blowing Canada off the face of the earth. But we lose twice now to Canada because this coach, Greg Berhalter, is just not good enough. And he's you gotta make the change there. I just don't, I'm not saying the U.S. is gonna win a World Cup. I think you could pick your manager, any manager they want, and he could come and be forced to coach the team, the U.S. team for a World Cup cycle. You're not going to win the World Cup. I don't think they're that good, but they are better than what we are getting. And this is a team that could very easily, I think, get into the knockout stage and maybe get to a quarterfinal. I think this team is capable of getting to a quarterfinal in a World Cup, but not with Burholter as the manager.
1: I want to go back to having our open and where we have like one of us saying something in the opening clip. And I just want to have that. We should be blowing Canada off the face of this earth. That's, that's, that's our new show motto. I think. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. Did, how long has this coach been with us? He
0: took over during the last cycle and then we didn't make the world cup. Although so he's
1: been through that. Yeah. Then he's got to go. We, I don't know. Why we saw the same He guy. wasn't the
0: guy who started that campaign. Uh, that guy got fired, ended up on ESPN and then was criticizing this guy. And I was like, look, you're part of the problem too um oh, but south
1: green kind of guy huh
0: yeah bruce arena kind of contributed <laughs> to this i just here's the thing i don't want an american to be our coach that's a big thing with the us soccer federation is like the the need to feel like we need an american to be our coach i don't want an american to be our coach we're not good we're not good Alex enough Wallace. go go find somebody else go to another country that's good at soccer go get a smart soccer mind to coach our team because here's the other thing this is the reason they won't do it A foreign soccer coach is not going to look at the MLS and be like, oh, yeah, that's where I want the majority of my players to be from. He's going to look and go, no, I want to get the best players that your country is capable of having for my roster. And the MLS players that are on the roster won't be playing nearly as much as some of the American coaches put them in. Because, oh, well, you know, they're really helping U.S. soccer grow. Whatever. Christian Pulisic is helping American soccer grow. He's not in MLS. Our players that go overseas – help our country grow and help interest in soccer grow. Not the MLS, not watching. By the way, some of the best players in MLS aren't even American. So I don't know what that's about in terms of, like, we need to have our players be from MLS. No, we don't. We need our players to be good. And for them to improve, they usually have to go overseas. So I'd rather have that and then play those players than have some, like, well, you know, this guy, it's between these two guys, and we're going to play the MLS guy because he plays here. Shut up. That means he's playing worse competition day in, day out. Josh Sargent scored uh, two goals for Norwich City in the English Premier League, and it was like the first time I had seen British people like cheering for American soccer. They were chanting USA in the stadium when he scores two goals. One of them was a beautiful goal where he backheels it over his head, sticks his, like, heel out, hits it, goes over his head, over the goalie, and into the goal in a huge win for Norwich City. And, I mean, the crowd's going bananas. It was a great moment for American soccer. It was the best moment for American soccer, and it happened in the English Premier League because Berhalter over here can't beat Canada. Well. And, by the way, Josh Sargent didn't get picked. So... (laughs)
1: What I was excited about uh, Monday evening, and I get more excited about this than you do, I know. And so that's why I let you talk about soccer. Um, the football schedule for ACC football got released in a uh, very just insufferable way. With uh, It was like the old tournament bracket release where they just say very little at a time and then go to commercial and show you spurtles and then come back and tell you a little bit more. But they finally got through it all. I'm excited about the football schedule in general because, hey, we, we're what weeks removed from college football and I can't wait for it to be back. Um, and not only Virginia Tech's schedule am I anxious to see, but also just the whole, the whole ACC and how it plays out and see how it ties into the other conferences because I, I just love college football. But obviously Virginia Tech is my favorite one. Uh, my points is they have a stretch there where they get West Virginia on a Thursday night, which is going to be huge, and I'm going to come back to that. But you got West Virginia at UNC, at Pitt, and then home against Miami. That's a tough little four-game stretch, not to mention then the bye week, and then you go down to NC State on a Thursday night. That's, a, that's the middle of your schedule. That's going to be a tough run. Uh, I'm trying not to get my hopes up about what Coach Pry is going to do in his first year. Um, I, I want to make a bowl game, but that's where I'm trying to leave my, my hopes. Um, but that's a tough stretch. That's going to be a tough stretch. You know, that's basically all our tough games right there. So that's gonna be really interesting. But we open against ODU. They haven't decided if it's a Friday or Saturday yet. Um, and then Boston College at home. So that's the first home game with Coach Pry. Um, and I think that's a, you know, that's as manageable an ACC home opener that you can have is Boston College. They're not great. Um, and then you get Wofford. That's you know, if we don't have a win already, we should get one there. But I would, I would think we'd already have a win. But then that Thursday night against West Virginia that I already alluded to. That's just like, you know, all this, all this Virginia Tech old school building that we've been doing with Coach Pry coming in, and that's the vibe we're trying to push, that Thursday night West Virginia is that. Because during our prime, we had a lot of those weekday West Virginia games that either home or away. We had a lot of that. And, uh, you know, a lot of our ESPN coverage was surrounded by games like that. So that's going to be a huge one. And, and I know we'll have already had two home games, have already had you know a a boston college game which matters um that's gonna be like that if if we could win that game that's the that's gonna be a huge thing for brett Pry to build off of and maybe we lose it but that's a big opportunity for coach Pry. and so uh i think that's just the number one game you circle obviously you're gonna have the season finale against uh uva circle because that's standard but that that Thursday night, West Virginia. That's that's just going to be his first opportunity to really put a stamp on the brand of Virginia Tech football right there. And and um, I'm not saying all you know fire him if he loses it. I'm just saying that's his first opportunity to really set the tone for what he's going to be. And I'm looking forward to that. I'm, I'm glad he has the opportunity. Uh, I'm glad we're playing him on a Thursday night. I'm glad we have two Thursday night games, uh, even though the second one's away. I like Thursday night games. I hate Friday night games. So I'm glad. We might only have one of them, and that's the opener. Uh, I'm glad we don't have any, you know, first week of November Friday night game where we're trying to call football for 1240 and no one can hear us because Virginia Tech's playing. I'm glad that's not happening. So uh, overall, I like our schedule. I know that middle stretch is tough. um, But, you know, for a guy that kind of designs his life around uh, sports schedules, I'm glad to see what my life is next September through uh, November. Um, and, and so I'm happy about it.
0: Yeah. I I think, uh, looking at the tech schedule, uh, ODU, you get a win Boston college. You would like to win Wofford. You need to win. And then West Virginia. Yeah. I mean, that's a game. If you win, it buys you a lot
1: of buys you a lot of credit. I mean, look what beating West Virginia at FedEx did for Fuente. People like still talked about that being one of his bigger wins and it wasn't. Like, yeah, West Virginia was terrible Virginia that matter. year. Mm-hmm. So, but it's a rivalry
0: game. That's why it matters. Yeah. Uh, and that's a big, that would be a big win uh, for him. It. In fact, I think if you win that game, you can get trashed in the next three and people <laughs> will be okay. Um, then you play, yeah, then it's that opening. And then, yeah. After NC State, uh, we'll see what Georgia Tech is. Um, but Duke, Liberty, and UVA to close out, you would hope. Win, win,
1: win. You can, you, um, you can handle that. We had a yeah. really tough November last year. That's why our coach is – that's why we have a new coach, is because November started bad, um, and it was already gone bad. So, um, yeah, that's – I will it's say –
0: Yeah, I will say, looking at the other teams, one of the things that leaps out, the backyard brawls back. I like that. Pitt and West Virginia playing that first weekend yeah. in September. I love that.
1: And that's on, like, a Thursday too, isn't
0: it? Oh, you're right. It is. It's a Thursday night game. That's awesome. That's where that game belongs. Well, I mean, it belongs to the end of the year. But I'm glad that they're weather. playing.
1: Yeah, we'll take it. Yeah.
0: yeah, I'm glad they're playing. I'm glad it's on prime time. I think that's awesome. Pitt actually also has Tennessee, which is going to be a tough game. Pitt did some work on their, their non-conference schedule. That's not an easy non-conference schedule for them. Um, well, they had
1: Tennessee last year, so, it, you know, it's a home-and-home. Mm-hmm. Home.
0: Yeah, yeah, but that's another big game for them. Uh, and then I think you know Miami plays Texas A and M. That's another big game. Uh, you look at, uh, I think that's mainly most of the non-conference matchups that I would be somewhat intrigued by.
1: On the co- yeah, on our side. What, what about the other side? You got Clemson has nobody. nobody. South Carolina at the end, but that's standard. Florida State plays LSU, but Florida State's terrible
0: right that's what Um, i'm saying like in terms of intriguing matchups not a lot there for me in in the atlantic uh wake forest and army maybe if wake forest nc state had an
1: interesting game last year i think they lost it but they had the interesting game who was that must have been a one-off yeah because they they play texas tech but that's that's not what we're looking for but I, i think jmu did that just sneak in there on us
0: no, that's been in there. Has that been in? Yeah, that has been in there. Um, so I, that, don't, I don't. That look tells ahead me that JMU kept that game. I was wondering if JMU was going to keep that game, um, and if they did. It's it's at Louisville, so there would well, yeah. there would have been no reason to get rid of it. But
1: I I just didn't I I don't look at the future schedules for JMU, so I just, I just didn't know they had that lined up.
0: Yeah. No, that that had been announced already um, before the conference move. Even so, good for them, but probably won't go well. Yeah, that
1: Duke Kansas game, you're not excited about that? No, unless oh, it's, it's, football, not basketball.
0: Unless, it's okay. do, unless it's a loser unless it's a loser folds their program game.
1: Just send the basketball teams that weekend whoever honestly that
0: would get me if it if we turned it to like a WWE style like loser leaves (laughs) town match like loser has to fold their program for four years I then I'm intrigued then I'm like okay now there's some stakes here (laughs) like Kansas versus Duke I I don't even we're not even playing for a bowl game because neither of those teams is going to a bowl game I don't know what we're playing for well I
1: know next week we're going to talk a lot about the Super Bowl game so uh we'll get excited about that. I am I'm, I'm telling you, Joe is about to remind everybody how to make sure you're subscribed to our podcast. Make sure you're subscribed. Cause I think next week's going to be a really good show. Uh, I don't like to lock in who we're having as guests ahead of time, but I think next week's going to be a big one. So m- make sure you're keeping aware of us next week, because I think uh, yeah. it's one of the most excited potential guests we've had in a while, uh, maybe ever. Uh, so I uh, make sure you're, make sure you're following just like Joe says here.
0: Yeah, um before I get to that though, I do want to say uh the news around social media this afternoon was that the New York Times had purchased Wordle and I just want to say I'm not going to talk about my score. I'm not going to talk about my score. So calm down. But I just I hope that the New York Times doesn't mess it up. I don't trust them not to. Um I thought part of what made it so great and such a, you know, viral sensation was it's one a day. It's ad-free. There's no bells and whistles on the thing. You just get in there, you play the game for the day, and then you're done, and you can share it with your friends and whatever, and then that's it. I don't trust the New York Times. You don't pay seven figures to keep it the same. So I hope the change they make is that it says, you know, the New York Times logo and then Wordle at the top instead of just Wordle at the top. I That I could live with. But if they start throwing a bunch of ads or they try to – make you subscribe to play the game or whatever. Like, I just think this is part of the reason I liked it was, as I said, it was ad-free. There was no bells and whistles. It was just simple. And I thought that's what kind of brought everyone together. It was a nice thing. Like, a lot of people were together. It was a, you know, oh, you know, it's a communal thing. We're all playing this game. How many guesses did it take you
1: today? Oh, wow, that's cool. It took me this many guesses. And, And, like, like, at some point, it's not as popular like there's been these kind of little things before like
0: you say that but survivor's still a thing so i don't know
1: but it's, i mean who wants to be a millionaire isn't still drawing the rating like american idol went away like you have these things that are like popular and everybody kind of knows it for a little bit and then they go away like it didn't
0: this, have to be this quick though it didn't have to be like God, three months
1: I'd I very pessimistic they new, the new york, york, york times has has will kill it no, they'll kill it they put out sudoku's like like it's fine. They'll it, kill it, it. Just give
0: it a chance. They'll give it kill a minute. It. They'll kill
1: it. They'll, but they'll just then they'll buy Spotify and
0: put Spotify and Wordle
1: together. That's what they'll do. Kill Spotify too. Joe Rogan will kill Wordle. Eh. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm not going to touch that.
0: So subscribe <laughs> on Podbean, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Are Spotify. Are podcast on
1: Spotify? Nope.
0: We're on Spotify. Uh, we won't have that uh advisory because we don't talk about covid so uh make sure you're subscribed on podbean bean apple podcast google podcast and spotify so you don't miss another episode you can follow us on twitter at yak sports pod facebook yak sports pod or you can email us yak sports at gmail.com let us know what you think uh what olympic events are you looking forward to jeff wright what do you think about uva's football schedule
1: Jeff every week now I'm liking it. We're back to the old ways. I know, I like
0: John. What Olympic event are you looking forward to, Jeff too? Um and
1: winter baseball. That's what Everyone. They do. Everyone winter tell baseball. us what you're
0: looking forward to. Winter baseball
1: yeah, are you insane? Put snow on the field and play it before every for every game. That's what we need.
0: Okay. So Leland's I mean, they can't even get an agreement to play in the spring right now. So Leland wants them to go baseball.
1: This this is the the IOC. This is much more well-run organization, right? Mm.
0: (laughs) But tell us what your favorite Olympic event is. Tell us what you're thinking about the high school sports scene in Augusta County as well. If, if that's why you're with us, how, whichever topic you love, let us know and engage with us on social media, whether that's Twitter or Facebook, uh, we, we invite you to do that. So until next week, folks, we hope you enjoyed this episode of the Act Sports Podcast and have a good week.